Join me this week for an all new Ask Me Anything wedding Q&A show. That's coming up next on the Wedding Planning Podcast. Hey there, it's Kara, and I'm bringing you an all new way to plan the wedding celebration of your dreams. Let's be real. Weddings have changed. Shouldn't your wedding planner? To learn more about the all new way to plan your dream wedding, visit wedpodcast.com. You'll enjoy a free three-day trial, no promo code required, and I can't wait to see you there. That website again is wedpodcast.com. Ready to get started? Why, hello there, my friend, and thank you so much for joining me here this week for a brand new wedding Q&A show that I am now going to start calling Ask Me Anything. Does it have to be wedding related? No. It's always helpful considering that this is the Wedding Planning Podcast, but I will gladly welcome any of your questions about wedding planning, marriage, engagement season, whatever is on your mind. I am all ears. Members of my digital wedding planning package, The Vault, you have priority access to these Ask Me Anything shows. You can also come find me on Instagram by searching Wedding Planning Podcast, all one word. Hit follow and send me a DM and I'll get your questions queued up for these monthly segments. So I'm going to do this pretty informally. I have a list of questions here that I have not really overly prepared for. So let's see what happens. Uh, first question, should we bother with a seating chart or just do open seating? I have so many feelings about this and I'm going to keep it short here because I am queuing up a brand new episode for next month, November, if you're listening live, where we're going to go really deep into creating a seating chart. But for purposes of this question and for purposes of keeping it brief, I will say yes, I do think you should bother with a seating chart. I know this is not the most fun wedding planning task that exists out there, believe me. Um, However, I do think it is 150% worth your time and effort and trouble. And I will go so much deeper into that again in a show coming up in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that. Next question, how much alcohol should we buy for 100-ish people, beer, wine, and a signature drink? Answer, you know your guests best, and there are a number of beer, wine, and liquor party calculators that exist out there in internet land. So long story short, first off, Google a drink party calculator. That's going to be very helpful. It's really hard for me to say here without knowing more about your crowd, but those online drink calculators are designed to point you in the general direction based on whether you have light, moderate, heavy drinkers, the time of day, what you plan on serving, etc., etc. I do also have an entire dedicated 22-minute long episode within the vault that is dedicated to DIY beer, wine, and cocktails. And that show is available with the free three-day membership trial, so that's definitely worth checking out as well. And then going with the theme of cocktails, next question, are drink tickets rude? We don't feel comfortable with a cash bar, but also can't necessarily afford to host an open bar 
for 90 guests all night long. What are your thoughts? I don't think drink tickets are rude at all. I've never gone to a corporate event or a school function and been given free drink tickets and thought, wow, that was rude. Um, So no, to answer the first part of your question very directly, there are a number of ways I think what this question is getting at is there are a number of ways that we can save money on the bar. You do not need to host a top shelf bar for 90 people for six hours and make yourselves go broke in the process. Drink tickets are one way of controlling that cost. Another way that I think is kind of apples to apples in line with drink tickets, if you're feeling a little bit awkward about handing out tickets to your guests, another option would be to host an open bar for a set amount of time and then transition over to a cash bar. So for example, the way this might look is during your cocktail reception, the bar is open. And then as dinner is served, the bar transitions into a cash bar where your guests will pay for their drinks after that point. And then there's just, there's a lot of gray area here. So to control costs at the bar big time, you could elect to only serve beer and wine. You can see if your venue will allow you to bring in your own beer, wine, and or liquor for a humongous cost savings. I understand that's not always an option at every single venue. For much more information on the gray area, I will point you back to that um, bonus episode that I mentioned in the last question, which is inside the digital planning membership package, and it's dedicated to cost savings with beer, wine, and cocktails. So I think that would be a very, very helpful episode for you to take advantage of. Again, it is free in the three-day trial, and you can check that out by heading to wedpodcast.com slash vault. All right, I'm recording this at about 10 o'clock in the morning, so I'm going to shift away from cocktails and let's do this next question, which is how much should we budget for dress alterations, deciding between two very different dresses? How will I know which one is the one? This is a really, really great question, and I'm happy to include it because I think dress alterations kind of get lost in the shuffle of dress shopping. And it's very, very common that a bride-to-be doesn't include the cost of alterations within that total dress budget. This is something that we have covered in full-length shows in the past. So you can go back and look at your podcast feed to find lots more detailed episodes on dress shopping and alterations. For the sake of this question, it's very hard to say exactly how much money you should budget for alterations because it's very, very dependent on how well the dress you purchase naturally fits your frame to begin with. So if you are purchasing a dress that is, say, three sizes too big and you're doing that because it's a trunk sale or it's an off-the-rack sale, it's a clearance dress and you really, really love it, but it's not your size, then plan to spend a lot more money in alterations than you would if, say, you're starting with a dress that already naturally fits your body really, really well. Other factors that are going to influence the price of alterations big time 
are any lace overlays, beading overlays, uh, detailed intricate designs, all of those are going to require a lot more work from a tailor to take it up and make it your size. A corset style dress is always a favorite of mine just because it's adjustable by nature. So that's going to cut back on your need for alterations. If you're dealing with a length issue and you're like plus or minus an inch or two, sometimes you can play around with that by wearing a little bit higher or lower of a heel. So those are ways to kind of mitigate that. For you, I know you mentioned you're deciding between two different dresses and you're torn and don't know which one is the one. I would say that a natural fit and the way it, if it naturally fits your body really well, then I would give that dress big points over one that you already know is going to need extensive alterations. And I know that you didn't come out and spell that out for me, but I have a feeling based on the question that one needs more alteration than the other. And to be very honest, I would always lean towards the one that naturally fits your body the best. Okay, next question here is about honeymoons. Fun. When in the planning process should we start planning our honeymoon? I have the perfect resource for you and anyone who is a longtime listener of the show knows exactly where this is going. If you have not been in touch yet with Susan from Susan's Travel Services on arranging your honeymoon, maybe a destination wedding, even a bachelorette party, she literally offers her services for free to my listeners. There is no catch trust me, I am personally using Susan to organize a bachelorette party for my sister Kate coming up in April. We're going to Cabo. Working with her is a dream. And I'm going to press pause on my voice for a second. And I'll let Susan tell you directly lots more about her services. Hey, right now is the perfect time to start planning your destination wedding or your honeymoon. My name is Susan Green and I'm at Susan's Travel Services and I'm available to you with my team for free to help you with all the planning and details of your dream honeymoon or destination wedding. A lot of couples come to us and say they're worried about working with a travel agent is going to be one more expense to pay and that's simply not true. In fact, working with us should save you time, money, and we want to make sure that that trip is the best trip yet. We have over 25 years in the industry and we spend specialize in travel around the world. Let us help you find the best deals, all-inclusive resorts, Mexico, Caribbean, exotic cruises, or how about those overwater bungalows in the Maldives and Bora Bora. Don't get overwhelmed with the millions of places and opinions online. Get some free help and rely on professional experience to make sure you get exactly what you're looking for with your dream vacation or destination wedding. And hey, have I mentioned again that we're free? Email us at susan at Susan's Travel Services and tell us that you heard us on this awesome podcast and we're going to give you $50 off your final payment. What's even better, you tell a friend to contact us and they give us your referral, we'll give you another $50 off your trip. Guess what? If you're doing a destination wedding and you tell someone else, we'll give you $250 off your destination wedding. See, we want to make it easy for you and we want to work with you. We've been in the business a long time. We're really excited about your destination wedding, honeymoon, and getting to know you as a client. Have an awesome day. Okay, we're back and moving on to the next question. Is there a place that I can vote on future wedding planning podcast show topics? I would love to hear your ideas for ways to get family involved slash getting to know my fiance's family better. For members of the vault, you are 
always welcome to submit show requests, questions, concerns, feedback, anything that's on your mind. You have my private email address within the vault login. So go find that and literally ask me anything 24 seven and I'll get back to you directly ASAP with a personalized response. That is really a priceless benefit of membership to that digital planning package. If you are not a member, that's fine. You're always welcome to submit any questions, show topics, requests to me. Uh, Instagram is the best place to find me for that. You can search wedding planning podcast, all one word. Follow me, send me a DM. The way this works, just to give you a really behind the scenes snapshot of the process, is I collect your DMs, we log them into a spreadsheet of sorts, and essentially we tally up what the most popular questions are coming in. And the most popular questions are the ones that we kind of bump up to the top of the list. Unfortunately, due to volume and time constraints, I cannot get back to every single DM with a direct uh, direct response, a direct answer. But again, know that I see all of those, I read all of those, and we do keep track of the most popular ones to feature. So in a nutshell, to wrap that all up, the best way to get a response personalized ASAP is to be a member of the vault of the digital planning package that I offer. You can find information throughout the show notes and throughout today's show on how to get signed up for that. It includes a free three-day trial just to make sure it's the perfect fit. There's no contract, no obligation. You're free to cancel anytime. And I will say totally biased. I think it's a total no-brainer, and I really hope to see you there. Okay, the next question, uh, we have two more. All right, next question. Unplugged wedding ceremony, pros and cons, and the best way to communicate this to our guests. This is another great question, and we haven't covered this in quite a while, so I'm glad that this one came up. All right, doing an unplugged ceremony. This is a pretty hot topic. You may personally feel like it's rude to have your cell phone out snapping pictures during a wedding ceremony, or you may feel that it's rude to micromanage your guests by demanding that their phones are turned off and put away before they are seated. I am not here to tell you that feeling either way is right or wrong, so instead let's have a candid conversation about the underlying issues here of an unplugged ceremony. To start with, I'm going to defend the unplugged ceremony, and here's why. There are, okay, so there are a bunch of issues with your wanting people to be present. There are concerns that people are posting a bunch of pictures of the wedding or of your ceremony before you've had the chance to. And I mean, there are really a plethora of other issues with people on their cell phones at your wedding reception that you have taken months and months and months and spared no expense to plan. And now people are going to sit there on their cell phones. I can understand why you would want people to just put them away. Given all of that, to me, the biggest and worst case scenario of cell phone usage during your wedding ceremony is that your guests with their phones snapping pictures, they can literally ruin photo opportunities for your photographer. And they can also ruin the sightline of other guests by standing up during the ceremony to take pictures. 
perfect example. I can see it so clearly, and I'm sure you can too. You and your new spouse lean in for your first kiss and a half a dozen guests stand up to take pictures of that. Meanwhile, your photographer, who you have paid $3,000 to capture all of these moments, has guests standing in their sightline and they can't capture that first kiss. That's a worst case scenario. And all other issues aside, I think we can all agree that you don't want that to happen during your wedding ceremony. With that said, to facilitate an unplugged environment, here's what I'd recommend. I would suggest a three-way approach. Tell your guests three different ways about your intentions. So the first one is having a very prominent note or an FAQ on your wedding website that directly addresses the fact that you're having an unplugged ceremony. The second way is a prominent sign at the wedding ceremony entrance that your guests have to walk right by, they can't miss it. And then the third is to have a really straightforward, very direct announcement by your officiant after everyone has been seated and before the ceremony begins. All right, so one more time. You're going to put it on your wedding website. You're going to put it on a physical sign at the entrance to the ceremony that everyone walks by. If you're having programs, of course, put it in there as well. And then you're also going to have your officiant make a very direct announcement before the actual ceremony even begins, but after everyone has been seated. Now, in terms of what happens after the ceremony at the reception, People posting photos of you on Instagram, people are on their phones texting, people are checking their emails at their dinner table, people are looking at Facebook. I don't want anyone on their phone during your wedding, please trust me. However, people on their phone at your wedding reception is also the last thing that I want you to be focused on during these very, very, very precious hours that you have spent months planning and waiting for. Most of all, I want you to be fully present at your own wedding celebration and having it on your mind that you need to be the cell phone police or being annoyed every time you see someone with their phone out that's going to rob you of being present and it's going to take away your enjoyment of the day. So in summary, I am fully supportive of an unplugged ceremony, but I think your enforcement needs to stop there. I certainly hope that your guests can be polite. I certainly hope everyone can use common sense and be present for every single moment of this celebration that again, you've worked so hard to plan But as we all know, we cannot control the actions of others. And let's just leave it at that so that you are free to enjoy your actual wedding day. And our final question for today is last minute details that we should be aware of. Okay, to start with this question, uh, I don't think you're going to like this answer, but stick with me. No. Nope, nope, nope. Before we go there, let's start over here. We did a show on September 22nd of 2021, and it's titled Prepping for Unforeseen Wedding Details. That show is going to be a wonderful place for you to start. And now here's the longer answer that I don't think you're going to love, but here it is. 
it would be impossible for me or for any other wedding planning checklist in the world to identify everything that's going to come up in the weeks before your wedding that's specific to your wedding situation. There are very specific concerns for a backyard wedding, a destination wedding, a wedding where you're working with a professional day of coordinator, a wedding at a hotel where you have 10 different vendors, etc., etc. What I can do is give you the tools to thoughtfully be proactive so that you can keep a running list of all of your follow-up items. And this is exactly the sort of detailed coaching that we do inside my digital wedding planning package. I can suggest that you mentally and verbally walk through the two weeks before your wedding multiple times out loud with someone else listening and collaborating. But unless you've got that dialed in wedding planning mindset and a perfect grasp on all of your priorities, I don't think that answer is going to get you very far. In addition to unlocking a positive wedding mindset and the confidence to take control of things just like this, we do also talk strategy inside the vault. And there is a very specific bonus show that's titled Last Minute Wedding Details, and that's available to members. All of this is meant to illustrate that I truly believe at my core that there is a mental, an emotional, and a spiritual component to planning your wedding, along with the strategy component. And the strategy is the checklist, the timeline, this question, what are the last minute details? Give me the 10 last minute details that we need to put on our checklist. This is all stuff that you can Google the strategy and having the strategy without the mental, emotional and spiritual that it's only going to get you so far. Because during your engagement season, leading all the way up to your wedding celebration and even beyond, all of those elements, they work together. And having one without the other two or two without the other one, it doesn't work. It's not aligned. It's missing a piece. Having a great, the best positive wedding planning mindset, that means nothing if your budget is busted two months into planning. If you have all the DIY projects that exist on YouTube lined up to save yourself $1,000 on decorations and flowers, that means nothing if you overspend on your dress and you encounter an unexpected $1,000 alterations bill. So all the free checklists in the world, all the strategy information, all the things you can Google, all the information is not going to do you any good if you're mentally and emotionally focusing on the wrong things and not being present to truly enjoy your entire engagement season from start to finish. If you are ready to embrace the mental, emotional, spiritual, and the strategic aspects of planning out your wedding celebration, I would absolutely love to work together. And you can get all the details on that by visiting wedpodcast.com. Cheers to you. And I'll meet you here again next week. Same time, same place. When it's time to grocery shop for the week, do you go online and search for a generic shopping list that a total stranger wrote so that you know what to buy? No. 
You open your fridge, take inventory of what you like to eat, what you need and what you want, and you make your own list. Why then are you still using free wedding checklists that you found on Pinterest to guide what's included in your unique wedding celebration? I have a secret. There's an all new way to plan your wedding, a more personalized approach that puts you, your values, and your priorities in the center of the planning process and gives you the confidence to make decisions based on what you truly want versus what that free wedding checklist is telling you you should do. To learn more about my revolutionary digital wedding planning package and sign up for a free three-day trial, visit wedpodcast.com. Together, we're going to experience a magical process of tapping into your intuition combined with smart, down-to-earth strategy, and we're going to create an unforgettable wedding celebration that's a perfect reflection of you. Become a member today when you visit wedpodcast.com. I can't wait to see you there.